Did you really count me in? That's awesome. I figured I should count you in. <clears throat> Welcome to the Gun Show Podcast. I'm your host. No, we're not doing that. I anymore. can't even uh, take that seriously. No, no one really likes to hear that you're the host either. And you got to run Wait, this Wait, of course they do. Every, the, if they listen to the early mm. ones, which somebody did, right? Yeah. You said they did. Were you no, they, were, they did listen, okay. which we apologize Misfires for. and Light Strikes listened, apparently. Oh, they listened recently. I don't think yeah. they listened to the early ones because they mentioned us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've gotten better, a smidge better okay. here and there. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, Misfires and Light Strikes is a uh, great blog. We link to it on our Facebook page at uh, facebook.com slash gunshowpodcast. So uh, check that out if you uh, if you like gun blogs. That's one of the ones I would definitely recommend, top of my list. Um, also, uh, on our Facebook page. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Nobody. That's like just died. Nobody. It? Yeah, you guys are no help. No, I mean. None whatsoever. So this what is a they, yes so, and. So we linked, there we go. We linked to it. And, now he's in. And what did it say? <laughs> it said you should listen to the Gun Show podcast, right? No. Uh, it, one of us mentioned. Uh, you. Yeah, one, I'm one of us, right? Am I one of us? Yeah. I don't know. Is it? Is it? Is it are we an us now, or is this your I show? We are you the we. host, or are we the host? I thought we were we. I thought we were all co-hosts. Just because your lawyer so on the last host, show called us and host. made us say, "Well, you're the host," we don't really have much of a choice. Yeah, contract, yeah those contractual, contractual obligations are scary, aside. aren't they? Yeah, they are. You put a letterhead on top, people start doing things. So the. Um, we talked about you can't buy a bad gun. We've talked about that on the podcast before. It's it's very difficult if you stick to a name brand that isn't Lorson or Jennings or, you know, even even High Point has its good they go bang, right? We've Sometimes. talked about that in the class. If they're, they're in class. you know, 90, show? 180 Yes, degrees. the show. If class. they're 180 degrees parallel to the deck, I guess. What? Huh? They have not what that you means. Ever shot them? You can't shoot a a high point angled down. You know they have like a like a, an inertial drop safety on them. No, no I hadn't heard that. Yeah, if you if you tilt a high point no, down, like try and shoot it worse. down towards you your feet. So? Yeah, I, I did. I was like, why is this gun not functioning? Lift. Why press. are you trying oh, to that, shoot your no, feet? What are you talking about? That's for the waistband carry. <laughs> oh man, it's built in safety. What? No, that's not. Is that real true? Oh, they, I'm de- is that real dude, true? Is that? I'm gonna go buy one. I, I don't can. know if that's like a feature. They're like, we're gonna make this thing oh, not that fire one broken? positions. I mean, I don't know, what the Plaxico Burris proof uh, high point? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. So it's DEA agent proof. Okay. So even though even the guns we we don't like, right? The Sigmas, the the <clears throat> some of the Sigs, the uh, yeah, <laughs> the Tori. Hold on, right? are you gonna? Should I put the what? lid back on this can of worms? Or are you gonna it's, open it back what? up? I'm not. No, there's no. Just, there's nothing. It, to, it, we just glossed it's in a, over it. It's in a big it. wood crate in the back of a big <laughs> big we, warehouse. What do we always never say? Top men. Scott's opinions are Scott's opinions, <laughs> not necessarily the opinions of, of the Gun Show podcast. Right. You're allowed to say that. We cleared that. Yeah. Yes. So the uh, anyone's opinions on this show, on this are detrimental. Basically, to all of our opinions are our opinions, and the whole show is comprised of our opinions. But our opinions aren't necessarily reflective of the Gun Show podcast's <laughs> <laughs> opinions. Exactly. <laughs> it's really a highly opinionated. What you just said. The uh, it's the most objectively opinionated <laughs> opinion. <laughs> so yes. So you can't, our you can't opinion buy. is that it's very difficult to go into a gun store. Let's let's even say uh, uh, let's say uh, uh, a big box store like a, an Academy or a, or a Cabela's Sports and or Outdoors a, or a, do they still have Oshman's? Probably not. Oh, I don't know. No. You Sports can go to Walmart now and buy guns. Yeah, I, again. I don't think they have handguns at Walmart, do they? And, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't know about Walmart, but I think that varies from state. I think that legitimately varies. From <laughs> yeah, state. I, don't I think believe they have handguns at Walmart. They may not just write long guns. Anyway, it might be just long guns. That's all I remember. Yeah. So. Let's say you go into this academy and you look at the handgun case specifically, and there is going to be some, you know, some CZs, some Tori, some Glocks, you know, probably some Smith and Wessons, um, Beretta, maybe yeah, Berettas, maybe even some Turkish guns like a Canic 55, maybe or an EA Witness, uh, which is Italian. It's going to be cold in there. You think so? Yeah, there's going to be a XD. 1911. Yeah, yeah there's going to be, be some Springfield XD. Armory. There's not a bad gun as far as you buy the gun, it'll probably go bang. If you have trouble with the one you buy, 
you probably send it back to the manufacturer and it get fixed, right? So yeah, can you can you buy a gun where you know you're going to take it home and the mags are going to constantly fall out and you send it back to get a fix and you get it back and it does it still or? Well, one of the things that I thought was interesting about the comments is a lot or with a lot of gun people is when they buy something and it doesn't just it doesn't work or they have an issue with it, then they 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 swear that name off. Right, and they're never going to use it again. That gun is the worst gun ever. Blah blah blah. You know, like the we, whole brand, like right. swear the, Oh, like okay, like when I got my Not Sigma, just, yeah. and the front sight always fell off, then I would swear off Smith and Wesson as lock, yeah. stock, and barrel. And okay. you tell everyone, well, I owned a Smith and Wesson, it was terrible. Yeah, but you, you know, if if the R fifty one, right, great example right now. It's a lot of issues with it. Sure, and it's going to be fixed. But what, yeah, what we it. experienced with it, we didn't enjoy it. Right. So we're not telling you never to buy an R51. We probably but, would say stay away from the first generation. Yeah, right? just like we said on the yeah. show. But it doesn't mean not to buy anything Remington or to never buy yeah. one. You know, I've got a Remington 1100 uh, that Remington 1100s have the the the, um, the unfortunate um, the unfortunate uh, uh, reputation of not liking some ammo and not being 100% reliable. The one I've got is ridiculously boringly reliable. Runs on anything you can fit in the the magazine, and so you know that's another complete you know opposite of what we experienced with the R fifty one. And the eleven hundred is a semi automatic semi automatic twelve gauge shotgun, right? So yeah, we don't we don't think anything ill of Remington as a whole, do we? No, no. I guess not. No. I mean, there's nothing I can think of. Yeah, that Sigma I had with the front sight fell off. It never once had a fail to feed, fail to eject, that was fail just to the fire. Point, the point that I was trying to make right. was, yeah. you don't, you can't just get rid of an entire company based on one gun that you had issues with. If yeah. that's the case, never buy a 1911 from any manufacturer ever. Well, I mean, if I if I had to, you know, your chances are of having one that might give you might be finicky is high. If anybody, if you just write off a gun company because they make one lemon, I mean, that's all the gun companies, You know right? what? I'll tell you what. If you want to write off a gun company uh-huh. like that because you have a problem, just call us, uh-huh. and we will we will buy all of that scrap metal off yep. of you for that's $5 a piece. Scrap metal prices, $5 a pound. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Yep. And we'll pay shipping. Ethan, are you in or out? <laughs> oh, I'm so in. <laughs> so in. No, I'm just. You lean forward. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were gonna say something. I like how just like they watch my cues. Like, is Ethan gonna say something? Oh, oh, he's leaning uh, in. Uh, he's not, not, leaning no, in. No, no, okay. no, no, no. He's just looking uh, at the microphone. He's gonna sit there nope, quietly. Nope. Okay. Anyway, I wasn't looking at the microphone. But seriously. Um, well, the pop guard or pop filter. What was the last bun- bad gun you experienced? Uh, what was the last gun? I had an M and P compact that had failure to feed. It had I don't know if it was ramp. To this day, I don't know what the issue were. Right. It might have been a ramp issue. I think it might have been an extractor. Okay. Sure. Uh, the spring was set too hard. Had to get sent back. I mean, it took me, you know. How many trips back before it started running? Just one. No, it just took oh, one. Oh, just one trip. Yeah, it took back two weeks. Up. Two weeks to get it turned around. So they around, fixed it. Bing, bang, boom, okay. done. Um, I still ended up owning another M&P. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, I'm polar to begin with, good or bad. I don't carry a Taurus or, or just. A, <laughs> I, I shoot. I'm like, you know what? Oh, wow. you, you What? Bipolar? <laughs> or you just. No, he's just. I was got, like, well, this he's is just going. schizophrenic. It's completely Weird. different. Yeah. This is workplace sexual harassment. No, it's not. Not yet. Yeah. Just because I'm not getting paid. I'm filing an HR complaint. Anyway. File it. <clears throat> oh, it'll it'll pass. Send that to questions I'm calling at the, the gunshowpodcast.com. I'm calling the ACLU. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, I mean, what was I trying to th- Oh, basically, I don't. I think I understand why some people swear. I guess the connotation is like you buy a gun, and if it's especially going to be a defensive firearm, uh-huh. and it starts acting up on you, it's like, okay, if it can do this now, what would happen if I would have had to use it? And that was, the, you know, like, oh, well, most people that are recreational will be like, oh, it's got some problems. You need to get them worked out, whatever. You get worked sure, things out. Sure, it's just a your range uh, toy. It becomes a range toy, if right. If you're somebody that's like, I needed to literally go bang every single time I press the trigger with no hesitation whatsoever, and it does, you're like, what the heck? Yeah, I can Especially see in a firearm that is touted, and I think that's a lot of it, is the pre-hype and the preconceptions you have about it. 
i.e. Oh, cough, 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 1911, cough, cough. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's the best gun ever. And then it gets there, and it has the problems that maybe with a little research you would have realized that all 1911s are pretty much plagued by a break-in process. I'm just using a 1911 as an example. But, like, my Glocks, you know what they don't do? Malfunction. Well, even Glock's got the reputation now with the fourth gen and the the newer extractors that sometimes you might you might have to replace the extractor. They've got some lemons out there. Yeah, and the forty twos. And we I experienced mean, some problems know, and, with the forty two. And we posted that on Instagram, and we caught some some flack from some people about having issues with the forty two. So I got some feedback from the owner of that Glock. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what? I have no idea what just happened. But um, yeah, uh, evidently the 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 owner of the Glock went back to the Are you range with the Glock that we had trouble with, fired a bunch of bullets through it, uh, the same ammo we were using, and had zero malfunctions whatsoever. So maybe we had a quirky rainy, piece of, it was piece wet of that dirt it was stuck raining in on us. something. I don't know. I got nothing. The barometer was off. Yeah. 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 I think that's what I it think is. it could have been the Coriolis effect on the slide return. <laughs> I think the UV was high, whereas the ambient light was low because the, the cloud cover was pretty messed yeah, up. Yeah. yeah, that'll do it. That'll that'll make a clock malfunction. Blood, blood no, moon. that's not it. That's mm. not it at all. Impending blood moons. <laughs> yeah, it was waiting for. It's angry. <laughs> but that's just another thing. If you if we if we borrowed that Glock from you and we brought it back and said, hey, we had some problems with it. You know, might, you might want to try some different ammo. And you went, okay, and you took that same gun and that same ammo back to the range and fired two or three more boxes out with no trouble. Wouldn't you think it was trouble-free and that we were crazy? I would. Yeah. I would think if, if you bought one of my guns and brought it back and said, hey, man, this thing malfunctioned all day long. And then I went and shot it, and it, you know, it hadn't shown any trouble before. It doesn't show any trouble after. I think maybe it's you. I don't know. I got nothing. Um, it's just one of those things, I guess. Uh, mm. I wouldn't feel comfortable carrying that gun unless I personally put a couple hundred more rounds through it. But uh, right. like I said, even with the weird but, anomalies we see, yeah. I still am under the impression that you it, you have to get a lemon to buy a gun now that doesn't work as advertised, you know? What? You have to what? Did I say it wrong? What did I say? I think you did. Oh. I'm saying that you have that, to you'd have to get a lemon. It'd have to be the exception oh, of the rule the, that you, you get, get a bad gun. It's yeah. not a badly produced line of guns. Yeah, they exactly. Just, you Flop get gun. that random yeah, you get the one that just happens to come out strange. Yeah, I heard I heard horror stories about the Keltex before I bought my P11, and I bought my P11, and it ran trouble free the entire time I had it. You know, it might be kind of still popular, but I know nine years ago it was extremely popular that when you buy a gun, you respring it. I hadn't heard that, no. And, I mean, it was like, what, the 92? That's not 1911. That's a 1911. No, yeah. Thing. But also with the Berettas, you bought all the Wolf Springs. You replaced yeah, your, your that's still, main that's housing still spring. That's still pretty you popular now. That's still real popular. Spring. I mean, yeah. They were just like, get rid of all that. Speaking of the uh, M9. Yeah. Yeah. What about it? Ethan uh, wanted to talk about the uh, the future of the nine millimeter in the uh, United States military's hands. Well, I I was just we were sitting here talking about what topics, and I was like, what's juicy and what is somewhat up to conjecture at the moment? That like there's nothing hard, and you hear you hear this, that, and the other thing about all of it from the Marine Corps going back to the you know not the, C, the CQBP and and the, the rail gun and uh-huh. this, that, and then that got the kibosh, but then you see pictures of guys downrange actually fielding the guns, the CSO specifically actually fielding the guns. Uh-huh. Um, and you're like, okay, so And the JSP program, right? That was big. You know, all that stuff. And then... JSP program, which was... Joint service pistol. It was a competition uh, that the military was running to uh, to... to procure a new design for the you know the standard issue sidearm um it it came down to where it had to be 45 i believe i think they finally decided it had to be 45 and it had to have an external did it have to have an external no but it had to have a safety or it had to have a certain number of features i think one of those was a safety uh and i'm for some reason it had to be tan (laughs) I don't know because everybody's was the FNP 45 TAC was kind of the yeah the HK 45 came out of that 
the Torres 24/7 OSS came mm-hmm. out of that. Mm-hmm. There was there was several pistols. Uh, Beretta had a PX4 variant that came out That's of that. That's right. Yeah. So there. Oh, the Sig 220 um, combat. combat. Yeah. So there was a lot of Six, pistols. That, again. Sig yeah, that is 220. Actually, that is, great would, pistol. That is a Sig I would own. <laughs> I, I like that gun. It's pretty. It's I don't know if I pay it, for it's it. Cause it's because they call it combat. Expensive. But uh, is this tactical or combat? You're like, yes. Yes, please. I, I are attracted. <laughs> a lot of guns came out of these programs that we're, we're getting to play with, uh, like we said, the rail gun and some other things. Um, but uh, but what, were, what was your point? Well, and my, my point is, and I, I get maybe it's a bad gauge, but I'm seeing uh-huh. in this kind of because USA SOC uh, sniper competition was what last week, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. And you'll see, and you see, you see pictures kind of pop up, and you see little things here and there that like make you stop and go, "I wonder what's really going on," because it's a fact. I mean, just it is what it is that there are certain parts of special operations that are shooting Glocks, issuing Glocks. There are units that are issuing Glocks, and you're finding out that it's been going on for longer than we were initially, we know was initially known about. Sure. And then just last week, actually, a buddy of mine sent me a picture. Says, "Hey, dude, look at this guy." And it was, don't quote me, it's either fifth or seventh group, one of the two. But it was group guys at the sniper competition shooting M&Ps. Wow, I hadn't seen that. I mean, that. dead to rights, this was an M&P. It was a nice big high-res image. Like, that by group is, guys, of course, you mean uh, Green Beret Yeah, types. Uh, Arm, Army Special yeah, Forces. Army Special too. Forces, yeah. And he was either, like I said, fifth group or seventh group, one of right. the two. But yeah, I mean, he was plain as day shooting an M&P, you know, at an authorized... You know, and, and my and my thought was now we talked about this because the OBR didn't the OBR ended up getting booted. Yeah, it they, got thrown out of the. They the relegated it back to like yep. service guns or something like that. Yes, because it well now here's the, the weird not to digress, but they were shooting gap tens as well. They're really yeah they had gaps. That's out very there. interesting. So I'm like, uh, and it, it's What's special the, operations. What is the gap? Georgia Precision. Um, yeah. Their AR10. It's it actually built like on a POF platform or something like that. But I think they're gas. Yeah, it's basically a custom. Uh, AR-10-ish platform uh, semi-automatic sniper rifle, uh, like the LaRue OBR. Uh, this is made by a company called uh, Georgia Arms Precision, something to that effect. Just, just, yeah, it's just Georgia. Everybody calls it Gap. Georgia so, Precision. They make um, HR. They make uh, FBI HRT yes. sniper rifles. They, yeah, they're very well known for their sniper rifles. That's what they do. Uh, they're top, tippy top of the line, um, just like the Accuracy International we talked about before on this this podcast. But not to digress, the the, the pistol thing just I was it just I don't know makes me scratch my head and wonder where it seems like these smaller acquisitions are happening all over the place. Yeah, it's small army. Uh, for lack of a better term, if the if the tip of the spear types are going to not an M9, you know, are we going to see the big army move to not an M9? We've seen that with, I mean, they, they always talk about Navy SEALs having whatever kits they want, whatever they want to carry, whatever works best for them, as long as it's, you know, within the team requirements. Right. I mean, you don't want to have sure. every guy carrying a different caliber, but are, is it so well, far to believe actually, that these other smaller groups have been six. doing this? And the SIG... Well, they've been carrying SIGs for a long, right. forever. And the SIG has a designation. It's the M11. We have a designator for it. The Army has, I don't know... Yeah, it's in the Air Force armories for yeah, sure. I think 20,000 20, of them, I think, are floating around yep. somewhere at some, yep. in some capacity. The SIG, the SAILs have the Mark, Mark 24. I think what the civilian, you can buy it with a little anchor Mark on 25, it, Mark yeah. 25, because it's a... You can run it cocked and locked, if I remember correctly. That's the feature they wanted... No. Safety on hammer, hammer back. No, maybe I'm. No, I not on that one. War, I read that. Was no, the Mark Twenty Five standard decocker. Okay, so that wasn't it. Now the HK, there was a Mark Twenty Four. There's, there's a Mark designation for the HK, USP, and Forty Five ACP, which is interesting because everybody knows about the Mark 23, okay. right? This is like a Mark 23 Mod 1 or something to that effect. Oh, okay. Because so, the Mark 23, I don't know if anybody's ever handled this thing. It is a, it's, oh my God. It's an HK. It's a giant of a gun. It's it's massive. It's 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 a rifle. <laughs> it's a hand rifle. And uh, so, they, you know, the Navy, just like anybody else, they wanted something smaller. Uh, so they went with the next best HK on the list at the time, which was the the USP in 45, and you know put the threaded barrel and all the cool guy stuff that the Mark 23 had. So yeah, so that's another thing we've seen come out of, like you said, the small units not using the standard issue M9 or anything like it in this case. So now here's the thing, I agree with you on that we see a lot of units 
um, using th- stuff not standard issue. Standard issue. We've seen the scar being used by units. We've seen, you know, uh, the little Mark uh, 18s and Mark 12s and all that stuff. None of that stuff's big army, right? No. I think the problem is big army is a lot more political as far okay. as their acquisitions, especially with the M9. Uh, it's a lot more political, so I think you're going to have to see something drastic change and something new like the JSP actually go through. Now, <laughs> what we've seen, and, and here's why I think it'll never happen, is the military uniform debacle right now. The, the, the Army uniform debacle has been so awful, but so, um, I don't know, uh, typical of what, how the Army procures things. And they've wasted so much taxpayer money and still don't have a uniform, right? So, no, that you're absolutely – and I think – I just have a – like I talked with a couple sure. of buddies, and you look at the way that the defense spending and cutting is going on. Sure. It looks like they are, they are trying to very much kind of revamp this small unit-centric – you know, with the brigade, the heavy combat brigades and the, the brigade deployments and sure. the way restructuring is and like local acquisition and it becoming easier to do local acquisition at unit levels because you see that late as this war has progressed of individual units running different things standardized at a lower com- command yep. level. It's standardized, but it's just at a yeah. lower level. But talking about the man um, doing man things, this Bundy Ranch situation... Oh, yes. We're talking about... Uh, so you bring up taxpayer dollars. Yes. That's the first thing that pops into my head here is this Yeah, lately, situation. I don't know... Situation. I don't know if... if I don't, are they showing this on the nightly news? I've heard a lot of people say... Now, I don't watch TV, so... And I don't say that in a snobbish manner. I say that in a... I just don't watch TV manner. Um, so I get a, all my news from the Internet. And this has been big on the Internet, you know, in my circles. So has it been big? I heard some people saying the UK was the only big... Was the Daily Telegraph or whatever the BBC or somebody was the only big news outlet talking about the Bundy Ranch and the showdown and the you know the shooting war almost starting out there in Nevada? Yeah, it, it will lend itself. I mean, it, this is a a uniquely American situation, not from an insurrection standpoint or yeah. anything like that, but because it's on rights that are. It's stuff that's unique to America's governmental process. Oh, yeah. It's not like a big moral, like, genocide, like a Ukraine thing or something well, like that. Well, and it's pretty unique in the fact that we're the only ones that okay, so let's break it can down have an armed insurrection. So what happened was there's this uh, family that's owned a ranch in Nevada for years, plural, lots and lots of years. Um, they... They have grazing rights, and I still don't understand what's going on with it. They're, 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 they're cattle graze on public land, right? They have grazing rights or right. water rights on this public land, and they pay a fee. Supposed to pay fees. They pay a fee. Now, from what I understand, and it depends whose side you believe, the federal government overtook the running of this because, operation because he from the state? Stopped. He stopped. He was paying fees back when the BLM started. 20 years ago. He yeah, stopped. 20 years ago. This well, he, going on. he said he was still paying the fees to the county, and they're just sending his checks back because right. they don't run it anymore. But he the county also – Because he said, I don't want to pay to the Fed. The Fed is not doing what I see oh, is okay. fit. But the state says that federal law trumps theirs, right. and so you got to go with that. Right. So they're not going to be the middleman between this and send his checks on to the federal government. Well, what it came down to I mean, is – I don't even know if they could do that. That would be representing him. Because by proxy, he's not paying the federal government. Yeah. He's paying the state and the state is because yeah and that would be representing right. him money. and that's it's roundabout but yeah. but what it came down to was he had to stop grazing on the land for whatever reason uh it had something to do with tortoises environmental at some point uh i think well, there were some endangered <laughs> and that's yeah, the some endangered tortoises that's i'm still confused by that where the question marks are, are and this are was in the, now this is in the 90s where they told him he had to stop Grazing yeah, on this, this land, going on for and he time. went to the courts, which we're all supposed to do, right? That's how we do it here in America. We go to the courts. We hire lawyers. We go to the courts. Uh, he ultimately lost, and I guess he ran out of time or lawsuits or you know, um, what do you call it? What's the thing where appeals? you lose appeals? Gee, Jose, I couldn't remember. 
He ran out of appeals recently, so the Bureau of Land Management, a federal organization, said his cattle were in trespass, and then he owed them back pay since 1990-whatever when he stopped paying them, uh, upwards of a million-some-odd bucks, they say. Um, and they went to take his cattle, and I guess he wasn't going to let them, and it escalated, and they brought in more federals-type troops and uh, police officers and helicopters and things, and... and Word got out and some militia type showed up to help him get his cows back. And evidently it came down to a standoff, literally a standoff in the desert where they had corralled some of his cows and the family and their supporters went there armed to get their cows back. And the federal, the armed federal, with a bulldozer. Well, there was a lot of, there's a lot going on there. I still don't know whose side to believe. Now, on one side, the American press will tell you that uh, the sheriff, uh, the local sheriff, negotiated to have the um, uh, the federal types leave the area and leave him alone for now, uh, just to de-escalate the situation. On the other hand, if you believe the Infowars uh, types and the like, uh, the armed people basically mobbed the federals and took the cows back. <laughs> And uh, it's just very interesting. And, and, you know, a lot of the things going around the Internet, are, did the Second American Revolution almost just happen over this crazy stuff going on here in Nevada? And the question I have is, is this really the flashpoint? Have, is this just a symptom of people being fed up at the federal government and wanting to do something about it, and the federal government being heavy-handed, which they are because they know they're in charge and they don't mind using that power. Is this just a symptom? Because surely, surely this wasn't the event as a patriot, as per, as a person who thinks the federal government has gone too far and is too heavy-handed. I would not point to this event as the point where I, my la- I'd put my last stand and start shooting, right? That's the problem. Yeah. Uh, I, the militia drums started beating, and I think people are looking for an excuse. The bias runs right. in two directions, as we know. Is it? Does it make it right? Uh, I'm trying to. Say, yes. Okay. Let me put it this way: It is time for a cleansing of some type, be it a, pl- a, a blood. Right? I think a, a bloodless cleansing. There are people yeah, that believe I go that with it's, a bloodless one. That it's time to go hot. There, I mean, you, you, and I know people who are like, Let, "Let's sure. do it. We're gonna start killing cops and all and yeah. whatever." And you know, just they're all the way out on the right. You know, the, they're hanging out with Ted Kaczynski way out. But there. there's anyway. always those people. And yeah, right. that's it. Okay. The problem is. Networking and communications and and social media and and information access has has bridged these gaps where it's no longer little isolated pockets. Oh, I see what you it's mean. It's all these people coordinating and bouncing off of each other and gaining momentum. So all of a sudden, well, he also it's was, like heating up electrons, and then you all of a sudden start boom, and you get these energy, you get this this outbreak. So you're of saying energy. this is this is all the outliers, all the fringe coming together at this event. And the problem is they're not necessarily wrong, but are we willing to start a shooting war for the wrong re if if it's a lie, it's like if you if you started a lie but it was for a good reason. Like sure. you knew the outcome, you know, the end the end justifies oh, I see the mean. means here. I see. These people are looking for any excuse to start to to start the cleansing. Yes. Either bloodless or bloody. They don't care whether or not it's And this true. is good enough. And that's that's oh, what okay. I think it came right. down to. And he's also been known for saying, bringing up Ruby Ridge and sure. uh, the, yeah, he said the compound in Waco. He said he was surrounded by 200 so much troops with helicopters, and this was going to be the next Waco. And that was the Ruby buzzword. Ridge. They started that. He said, sure. if it's, and he said, if it's well, going to start, let it on be his here. Part, he's, so far, he's winning. Now, this right, weekend, I mean, they may swoop in and burn his house to the ground with him inside physically it. winning. The thing is, the Fed, I don't think you're going to see a raid. They know better. You Not because so? they don't want to. Because there will be, there will they be just got to wait them out, right? That will be a problem. They just got to well, wait they, them out. And they've been but waiting they've got him the courts. out for 20 years. We now. have the courts. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So and, he, and he's lost. Okay, so you talk about having the courts. You know, he. If you go back and you start reading on this, and you read, you need to read every side mm-hmm. because you're you're not going to get all the details from. Yeah, just but who one can side. read 20 years of court papers and come up with an opinion, right? If you're gonna, see, if you're going you to be pulling a trigger 
okay. you need to be I agree. finding. I agree oh yeah, if you're that guy, yeah. you need to do every bit of reading before because you, you hear something on the news or so, you know when you first look at do it. Do we when think you first the guy on it, the bridge? They said the, everybody coming out was it, they were they were here, they were taken, they didn't have the right, and that it was almost like the government just said we're coming and doing it. Right. You don't find out the whole twenty years that he's yeah. refused to pay. And all of this stuff, unless you start doing some kind of research. And he may be morally right. I'll give him that. But by the letter of the law. By the letter of the law, he's wrong. And this was a mob rule that got the federals thrown off this land, right? It wasn't. You got to understand. It wasn't the rule of law. The very interesting thing, the way that the the county politics of this interests me greatly is because the sheriff and from people that, you know, just in my feed, there were people that I'm friends with on Facebook and things that were went there, and they, they were posting, you know, really well-written accounts of what what they saw firsthand. Sure. And these are more level-headed people who were kind of trying to be, they were on our side, but they're trying to be as objective as they can. Um, the county acted very much not in the defense of Mr. Bundy, but for the bet for for the for the well-being of everyone because they said they had shut down the highway that was becoming you know there was a lot of different there was a lot of moving parts and they said that they brokered this to protect everyone it wasn't that the county sided with Bundy or that the county sided with the BLM it was just you're blocking traffic we have all these other things to consider at a local you know at a municipal level you need to leave you you you're you're, you're starting problems and you need to leave and I have a thousand screaming militiamen raging down the mountains into my county now, and I don't. Well, I that. think the right thing ultimately was done in the end. It was de-escalated. It was it was you know it was uh, diffused. Uh, nobody shot anybody, right? We don't have any dead federales. We don't have any dead citizens. We don't have any dead militia. We don't have no. anything crazy going on. But and, and the BLM, that vid- the other video, you need to watch that video. Is the tasing video? Yes. There's not much to that. I mean, that one's pretty cut and, and I'm 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 definitely accused of like defending law enforcement sometimes, sure. probably more than I should. That was cut and dry and un, unneeded tasing. That one was Who drove the four-wheeler in front of the 18 That was that was his son, Mr. Bundy's son. And that was the guy that was getting tased. Yeah, but he stood there and they were like move brought it, a canine up. Move it, move it, move it. They brought a he canine up. You see him it. kick at the dog. Now I understand. Well, if you kick it, if you yeah. kick at a police but then canine. Also, you have to realize too from they're not helping their cause because when people are standing there saying the lady's yelling, "I'm pregnant," you do something, "I'm pregnant." It's oh like, yeah, you need to get they're the loading line the deck because yeah. you're sitting there trying to something's going to happen to your unborn child. And how about your unborn child's worth more than whatever you're trying to your cause you're trying to do? Mm-hmm. Right well, now. obviously, both sides escalated this to this level that we saw, right or wrong, moral or immoral. Both sides made some poor decisions to escalate it to the level where people are pointing exactly. guns at one another. Right? I mean, that was th- th- those cops would have gotten. Bum rush down there if it would have come down to it. There was some. Hey, I was there was a lot. There was there was a there was a Ranger SWAT team with shields and body armor, mm-hmm. ready to shoot some militiamen. There was some militiamen ready to shoot at some Rangers, and it would have been gory, ugly, horrible, and might have started the next revolution, good, bad, or ugly. However you feel about it, um, it would have been a travesty at that point in time for anybody involved there, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, they and I'm glad it was. Uh, I'm glad the situation ended with nobody getting shot for sure. Yeah, but, I just I think it's. A, I think this was. I'm interested. It's been keeping my interest, but I think this was a very silly rallying point. I think this was a bad. Totem. Yeah. I think this was a bad totem to rally around. Yeah, a bad place to hang your hat. But you know, no one's sure. talking about New York. New York Safe Act went into went into act. You know, went yeah. into effect Connecticut yesterday. Right. That's a uh, million. The, yeah, the fifteenth. Yes. But no one. You know. But. But I mean that's that's where you should that's There's where you a march. Rallying point, that's right? kind of the yeah. stuff where you should march. I can see that. This stuff, this. Yeah. Come on. It's too it's too muddy. Yeah. It's too yeah. too so unclear. Because if you're gonna do this, then you need to latch onto everyone that has ever said defied the government for 20 plus years. Said you're not gonna do anything. You need to go stand and have a rally at their house when the government comes in and takes their stuff because they didn't pay. You know the IRS walks up and takes it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, mean, I don't. Yeah, I exactly. If you're going to be against somebody just because they they agree with you politically, yet their point isn't clear, then you're in the wrong. You need to you need to go with the point. We need to defend the people who see the nice thing about being a civilian. Yeah. And if anything was to ever go down, you have the right to actually sit back and observe the facts. Sure. In the military, they say go here and you go. Yeah. You know. So as a civilian, I think it's your civic duty to also know what you're standing up I for. I think so. I think so. I think there's a lot better things to go, you know, go ballistic about. You know, maybe 
oh, I don't know, um, maybe firearms registration in some of these if states. Our border if, not being, you know, our border being completely porous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, go hang out with the uh, the well, Obamacare. There, I mean, take a pick. It's not like they sure. need help finding things. Finding Ethan things. went ballistic on Saturday, didn't you? Oh, oh, nice. I did go ballistic on Very Saturday. Nice. I find good. good reasons to go ballistic, especially when it's cheap and we get to shoot ballistic gel and meat. And uh, so, t- tell us what tell us what the overview, what happened, and then tell us some of the results. So that, we went to. Were uh, you surprised of anything? Kind of thing. Some, so. somewhat. Yeah, give us the highlights. Um, so we went to a ballistics workshop. It was the, that's it wasn't really a class. It wasn't a shooting class by any means. It was a fair bit of you know PowerPoint, um, and then getting out and just static putting rounds into ballistic gel. We got a hold of some clear from some gel from Clear Ballistics. And how uh, was that stuff? Was really it, was good. it easier to work with? Because I work with a ballistic gel, and basically you have to keep it refrigerated until no, this right was before room, you're going to shoot temperature it. Temperature calibrated. Room temperature calibrated. You can melt it down. Yeah, that's what I read. That's yes, pretty that was, cool. That's why, oh, it, that's why I, it was cool. My favorite thing about clear ballistic gel, though, it's clear. It's pretty. That's the thing. It made it's for great so picture taking. The imagery was great. Um, so it was it was it was Ellie heavy. It was an open class, but obviously it was predominantly cops. It was put on by a criminal justice center. Um, so I kind of took the back seat and let the cops. We wanted to see what duty ammo was. It you know the cops were here on their own dime, trying to see what, what their duty ammo is like. So we shot, you know, 40 obviously kind of ruled the roost as far as what we were testing. However, um, much to my, you know, pleasure, we proved within three rounds that 9 mil was actually causing better secondary cavitation and uh, and better penetration the newer overall. Nine mil yeah, good, the good old. modern, and it was a lot of discussion of bonded versus non-bonded ammunition. Um, we went all the way up to shotgun and then 30-30, which was just terrifying. I I brought my contender out and just to prove a point. You did shoot that? Oh, yeah. Did you drop it? No, I didn't. Oh, I did good. not drop the 30 th- I shot it from the prone. So. What did you shoot out of? Just some jacketed soft point stuff? 150 grain soft point. Nice. It, was, it blew the, the gel off. It blew, the, the gel flipped over. It was ridiculous. That's fun. Um. Five five six was probably the most radical and interesting, especially yeah. green tip. Um, and this a oh, lot yeah. of guys that radical buy green tipping on on what we point? put a we put an IBA. We took an IBA. We actually shot an yeah. IBA in front of the ballistic. Gel the gel soft gel. stuff or the hard stuff soft, or both? Just, just soft. oh soft. Okay. IBA. So we sawed through interceptor body armor. Basically, okay. it's the it's same the, stuff the cops wear. Yeah. Three A soft armor yeah. the cops wear, which is why we had it. So there was some commonality there. Uh, five five six will saw through that like butter. I mean, it, without oh, yeah. any. It's like it's not any rifle there. round will. And that's what we were actually looking at was deflection because we also shot through auto glass. We were looking for right. deflection um, and weight retention through medium, through, through sure. barrier. Green tip, we put a round of green tip through it, and it literally did a 90-degree turn. It went through the armor, penetrated, eh, I think it was about 8 to 10 inches, and then did a 90-degree turn and exited the gel right. to the left. That sounds about right, though, for for that tank of ammo because uh, it's going to yaw. Yeah. It's definitely mm-hmm. the most rifle ammo uh, does what they call yaw. Now, the we could talk about that for a second uh, just so people can get their minds around it. Rifle ammo is pointed. The heavy part's in the back. The reason that it flies down range is because we put a spin on it. That's why we have rifling, right? That's the only reason that bullet flies down range with the point first, the pointy in first. Mm-hmm. Physics will tell you that if it wasn't spinning, that sucker would turn around and go heavy in first. So that's what happens when it enters a liquid medium like uh, people, animals, or ballistic gel. Well, and, here, and one thing that you have to understand, people think ballistic gel, and you think you you have an, an even comparison. Ballistic gelatin is not designed to emulate human tissue. That is one thing. I think that's a common misconception. No, no, no. Myself no. guilty of it. It is only a control medium that you can use as a baseline to show what expansion, you know, what sure. ballistics is going to do. So, and there's been thousands of dollars, taxpayers' dollars, spent by the FBI on studying um, ballistic gelatin versus actual people. Yeah, and right? actually, if you go to AT, go to ATK's what ATK has has you can pick all their ammunition that they sell, and you can see they've tested all of it, and they've tested other people's stuff. So if you if you want to see some of this stuff, the FBI publishes annually their ballistics findings. Um, Which is only available to law enforcement or military. No, that was open. Nope, not open source. I just read about it recently. Hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so you can get your hands on it if you look hard enough. 
And uh, I think last year the, the year old stuff is declassified. That that may be the case. Yes. So, um, so yeah, no, it was a really interesting class. Five five six does. I mean, you don't understand what fragmentation looks like until you've seen it. And they will frag very fast. Like, yeah, that's. I mean, that's apart. that's what rifle rounds do. That's what we've designed the five five six as a military uh, round to do mm-hmm. is to tumble or yaw. And uh, as it does so, break apart into more than one piece, and that's how it that's how it does its wounding effect. Well, and that was even the difference when you look at like a 64 grain, that, which seems to actually really be a good duty round if you're if you're carrying um, rifle. Yeah. Uh, 64 grain bonded. Yes. Uh, it fragments, but it fragments in a solid direction and relatively ke- keeps its shape somewhat. Yeah, they green say green tip. Any man's game. It go any direction. Uh, yeah. It was devastating, and I don't mean like in a good way. Because it just anyway, it just goes anywhere. You, I would feel much better about carrying something that's going to consistently travel in the same direction instead of just not necessarily kill someone and just bounce off of things. But that's what green tip is designed to do. I understand. Right. That. Yeah. It's 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 mildly penetrating. It's made to defeat Warsaw packed armor, <laughs> which we probably don't see much of anymore. Um, so what about the handgun rounds? What surprised you? You said 40 rule the roost? No, I say just the presence of 40 rule the roost. Oh, there was more 40 there than any other ammo. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now we, which we, makes sense. Now, the civilian guys, us as, quote, civilians that were there, um, we all were nine guys. So we sure. brought a fair amount, 135 grain, 115 grain. We shot some uh, – we even shot the 50 grain, that Liberty Civil Defense aim. It was oh, yeah? Ridiculous. Yeah, bad? Like about six inches in the – Whap, and it yeah. just did a death blossom. Into well, the, that's into what that stuff. stuff does. Um, so I would not recommend that. Death nope. blossom. It, death it, it, blossom. Was a, it was a death blossom. <laughs> it's awesome. impressive um, for the photos, though. 124 grain HST had a beautiful amount of penetration. Uh, I think it was somewhere around 19 or 20 inches. Um, secondary cavity was was great, and it was it was repeatable. It's pretty much some um, of the had best ammo money can buy. Almost, right, so when you talk about second cavity, what are you what are you saying? Okay, um, if you understand fluid dynamics and what you'll see when you if you ever watch a, a a video of ballistic gel and that that initial when it impacts, there's this large bubbling effect and then it trails off to that smaller wound. What you're seeing is that is kind of what happens when when uh, like skin or human tissue when it's it's like. When you cut a string, say you cut it when you cut, try and cut a string when it's limp, like just right here. If I cut this cable, what's easier don't, to don't, cut? Don't don't don't. <laughs> oh, I can't do that. Oh, anyway, Put the, what's easier to do if I cut it like this or when I cut it when it's when there's tension? You know what I'm saying? If it's loose, oh, I see. You mean tension on it? Yeah. Right. So explain to what you're saying because I know what you're saying because I can tissue see it. does that. <laughs> tissue is easier to it will reach a point of elasticity where it's max elasticity and then it will tear. It will not. Right return back it builds a memory it's kind of like a spring what you're seeing is that medium being pushed beyond its elast its its elastic properties oh yeah yeah. and is permanently cavitated sure you have a secondary cavitation so you may see an initial bubble and then as it trails and that energy dissipates you're having it it's returning to normal so then that end cavity is just pretty much the diameter of the bullet because it's only where you have a crushing amount of actual mass moving through other mass as opposed to energy transfer uh-huh. from what they say like foot pounds of energy. You know, obviously a bullet doesn't weigh 750 pounds, but it is distributing 750 foot pounds right. of energy. So know, which one of these is the secondary cavity? So the secondary cavity is the initial large cavity you see. Right. And that is the cavity created by energy, not necessarily the mass of lead hitting you, oh. but the energy dissipating into your tissue. Oh, you're talking about the permanent cavity right, right, that's right. caused by the bullet moving through the gelatin. Bingo. Got it. Okay. Yes. So when you look at uh, a picture of ballistic gelatin that we're all used to seeing, you'll see the trail of the bullet going through, and you'll see a teardropped or pointy Bingo. spear-shaped, uh, you know, shape in the ballistic gelatin right. that's what we're talking about that cavity so there. and what you're when you talk about weight retention is like a bond you know if you've ever seen a bullet where the jacket has been stripped away and you're just seeing the lead the lead core bonded bullets are designed to retain both of those together as it travels through as opposed to say a, a rifle ring which is made a rifle to fragment ring. right right you because you the thought is for defensive ammunition, not war wartime right. ammunition, you want to keep the most mass 
and have the most mass retained as it's traveling through. Yeah. Through plus, the plus the ma- the the weight retention is very important when traveling through something first, like to perform glass, right, or clothing, or a wall, or what have you. Right. So that right there is where you get into this endless debate of mass versus velocity versus you know the chemi- chemical compounds of bonding and uh, uh, the chemical properties of bonding and things like that. That is where you get m- bogged down in this, yeah. this eternal debate of barrier blind and is it better to just go really fast right. with a light round or really slow with a heavy round? And so what did you come away with in this in this this after this workshop? What did, did you bring home any surprises? Any oh I should go buy some more of that stuff. Yes. What, HST. Yeah, okay. We know HST was some of the best stuff money could buy. Right. And it and I got to see it finally instead and now, of just listening. Now to you it, have tangible evidence of that. Okay. Um, so still some of the best stuff money can buy. Gold Dot HST. was of course up there. Gold Dot made a made a wonderful I've always both thought, as rifle and pistol yep. made a good standing. I think HST was my just boom wow. Yeah. Showstopper. Okay. Um, Golden Saber did not do as well, mm. and uh, Silver Tip was kind of lacking-ish. Now understand, none of this stuff just like stopped and died before it hit the target. Right. It's all Nothing. we're talking nuances here. Right. Right. We're yeah. talking about millimeters and grams. We had a little, you know, drug drug scale. It's all like it was a bunch of cops. That's what they used to measure drugs. We have a scale that can measure down to like grams, and we were actually pulling fragments and things and measuring what the weight before and the weight retained after the fact. We're talking about minor, minor So shot placement of, is still the most important thing, you are never, not the ammo and the gun. Right. You are never be shot. You know, everyone, we were talking about the G2, we talked about that. We shot some um, some ammunition that was designed to fragment, some controlled uh, fracture, uh-huh. you know I'm talking about? I, I don't want to mention any brand names out oh, here. Oh, are uh, you talking about pre-frangible type stuff? Yeah, or? there's a company that's making... Controlled fracture, I think, is what it's controlled. Yeah. Oh, where the pedals are made to break off um, and yes, go into the ballistic delta. Yeah. And it did that. Okay. It did what it was designed to do. But okay. it's like, if you is that what you want to do? Not because according to the FBI. At six inches, all the all the uh, the trunch, trunchets are gone. I think is what they call that. Trunchets. Truncheon, truncheon. The pedals then, that have broken and off. And then the base yeah. of the bullet. Traveled in Travels about 16 on. inches yeah. or so, but it was only the size of a watch battery at that point. And according to the experts, uh, the, the the mad scientists at the FBI and, and other places, the Fackler types, um, you want more than that. You want as yes. much weight as you can to go to the 16 inches or the 10 inches or the 12 inches or whatever it is into the ballistic to gelatin. Kill, to, to effectively incapacitate and like hydraulically shut someone down, no one is ever going to say – no, no one with a brain is ever going to say – that less mass is better. Good, you know, hydrostatic right. shock is good, but having just dead dead weight on target is never a bad thing. So basically, we could still tell people buy HST, buy Gold Dot, practice shot placement. Nothing. I mean, hi, you know, hydroshock is still there; it still works, but it's very old tech. Yeah, there's a lot of it's, old tech out there that still would better. do the job. Sure. You know, your old Winchester white box jacket at hollow point or UMC, that would probably do the job. If you do your job right with shop placement, right. sure. But the nuances is, right, I know I want to carry the best ammo available. And this was a one-day class. I yeah. mean, we spent maybe two, three hours uh-huh. in the classroom and, you know, the same amount of time out yeah. there. You could spend three days oh, sure. on just PowerPoint. I mean, there's... That's why you let the FBI do that. That's to, I would say test anything. If you get the chance... A block, a block of ballistic gelatin costs just shy of 200 bucks, which isn't terrible. That's not terrible because since cool. you can reuse it. Yeah, it is reusable. I mean, if, if, if you're ever so inclined, do it. Buy some and, and do your testing. I would never tell you not to. Don't uh-huh. take everyone else's word. But it's just not feasible sometimes. Not to mention how things come out of different guns and barrel lengths. And that's that another all one. You have to, to change everything. Here's another, and here's just to throw another wrench in the, into the mix. Some defensive ammunition has some serious POI shift. Like you'll you'll shoot yeah. your ball ammunition, boom, 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 dead to nuts, point and you'll of point impact of impact. POI. Yeah, from the point of aim, right? Your 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 point of aim, point of impact shift on some of this ammunition. And this is I'm just repeating what some close you know friends of mine that do a lot more shooting of this than I saw several feet of deviation. Really? In some of this ammunition. Wow. Between switching grain weights. Right. Some people, like 115 to 124. Uh, I have noticed that. I have noticed that on a few of my guns Mm -hmm. that the point of aim is vastly different between the cheap 115 stuff and the duty 147 Uh stuff at 9mm. 
And uh, I know with a rifle, it's it, and the shotgun, it you you you've got to go out and know where you're hitting. With a handgun, not so much, but you need to check with your handgun to see where your handgun does it. Because yeah, some guns if will. You, if 135 HST is the hottest thing on the planet, but your gun patterns it at night, you know, minute of barn door at 30 yards. Yeah, don't shoot it. And but it, you know, it just so happens to like 115 grain JHPs, and you can, you know, keyhole, not keyhole, but uh, you know, you can just stack those rounds on top of each other. I oh, think yeah, you clover know, leaf them. Yeah, yeah, you know what you should be shooting. Well, yeah, and, and that's one thing I think everybody needs to understand, I, and I hope all our listeners understand, that shot placement is king. Absolutely. Uh, nothing of course, carry the that. best ammo you can. But if all now, you have... Part of the reason why we always say test test two test. boxes of oh, the ammo yes. you it plan to carry, money. and then is, stop carrying. Yeah. Don't, don't go, oh, well, this is the only box I could buy. You know, yeah, I mean, obviously stock up on that. If that's what if that's the only box you can buy, you then find the other one. need an ammo fort. Yeah. Always... If you can get away with it and you can find a reason to, build an ammo fort. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Really should. I built pillow forts, but... Scott, you just did a post about the Remington, one of the most sold guns. Remember the little ad that they posted? Oh, yeah. We thought that was... We got a little giggle after reading Remington's ad copy. It was a Remington 700. And Remington just announced that they're having a massive recall on their 700s. Only the ones with the X-Pro? Yes. X-Pro? X-Mark? I don't know. One of the triggers. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is the fact that there are... um, What is it from... Nine, uh, 2006 all the way to 2014. Yeah, May 1st. Oh, yeah. It's going to cover a lot of guns. <laughs> all triggers, manu- okay, all Xmark Pro XMP triggers manufactured from May 1st of 2006 to April 9th of 2014. That's not too bad. No? Oh, yeah, I mean, that's a lot of guns, but it's not like, you know, that it's not like they had to recall every single 700 like they did in the 80s, right? Well, this is the second big recall we've seen of the 700. Now, this is just because of this particular trigger, and what is the problem? Uh, there is the potential of having excess bonding agent uh, applied during the production uh-huh. that could result in an unintentional discharge. Oh, that's bad. That's that's why they recalled it before. <laughs> wow. So, uh, so, yeah, if you have a Remington 700 and you think you might have the X mark Pro trigger. Um, go to Remington.com, I guess, and uh, uh, we'll post put it in, in your our blog numbers. as well. Yeah, we'll put in a link. Well, and, they have uh, a picture is what they're showing. Oh, they're, so just look at your gun. Basically, yeah, they have a flat trigger, and it says no recall, and then uh-huh. they have a kind of a rounded and smoothed-off edge trigger, uh-huh. and it says recall. Interesting. So yeah. no ribbed triggers need to be, I guess, sent in. Oh.